Welcome back to the Pilgrim Faith Podcast, where human wonder fuels the quest for Christian wisdom. Dale and I are going to have a talk today about tradition, maybe as a a first uh, gesture toward what has really helped me understand the role of tradition, or at least in a way that I find find satisfying. Uh, I think I began to think of it a lot when... uh, you know, in my late teens, I, I very briefly had a, a flirtation at the theological bar with uh, Roman Catholicism, but quickly realized we weren't a match. Uh, and, you know, I've, yeah. I've, but I've, I've kept thinking about Catholicism and Orthodoxy and Anglo-Catholicism and these sorts of things since then. And so I've had to develop, I think, a, a way of thinking about my own relationship or what I think is the proper relationship of churches to this thing called tradition. And oddly, part of what's really helped me is uh, I think it's been being somebody who feels the confusion of the world. You know, it's being a modern person. You're, you're aware of all these kinds of pieces of knowledge. You're trying to, to navigate and to defend the Orthodox faith uh, as you as you encounter those challenges, hopefully you're doing that honestly and not in a larping way. Uh, and I've become much more persuaded. But along the way, I think when you when you feel that kind of intellectual, philosophical, existential adriftness, when you mm-hmm. feel like I'm just a dude, right, floating on a raft in the ocean of time and being on this terrestrial ball floating around the sun in the cosmos. Mm -hmm. Uh, And here I am with a lifespan of, well, so far 39 years, trying to understand all the questions. I'm trying to understand what does it all mean? What's the story? What's the corporate story? What's the meaning of this? What's the meaning of me and all the things that we do? All of a sudden, I think when you're in that headspace, it's not a matter, it's like the question of tradition leaves the Roman Catholic Protestant divide. The question yes. of tradition just becomes one about humans. Yes. <laughs> uh, tradition is, the, is that help for, for the person who really sees their kind of intellectual, spiritual situation. I am alone. <laughs> and what yeah. do I know? And tradition is this thing that can say, hey, turns out you're not the first person to read the Bible. You're not the first person to ask about the meaning of life. You're not the first person to ask, how do I know anything? How can I become wise? But thousands of people over thousands of years have asked those questions. And what's preserved in whatever we want to call sort of these great books, the tradition, whatever we want to call that, uh, I don't. I don't quite like calling it the West, but you know, whatever we want to say, the great, the great thoughts, you know, sort of in the history of humanity, is a record of persons navigating these these precise things. And the and the last sort of preliminary thing I'd say there is, uh, most of the things that are preserved for that length of time, like take something like uh, the Trinity versus something like the pre-trib rapture. The pre-trib rapture has been around for 100, 150 years. Maybe there's a little bit of precedent for it here and there. But for the most part, it's not, you know, through the test of time, when you throw things at it, 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 it has holes. You can poke holes in it. The Trinity has been around for 1,700 years, about 1,700 years as a formal doctrine. It's been yeah. around for about 1,700 years. 
And thousands of the best intellectuals have thrown thing after thing after thing at the Trinity. And what godly, smart, prayerful people honestly without intellectual hubris or arrogance or simple, you know, you know, just worship of the formula have done over and over again is, as it were, sort of checked the homework relative to this massive set of questions that have been thrown at it. And what that means is when you inherit the grammar of the church in something like the Trinity, you're inheriting something that your mind can know has really been tested well. And that does not mean that I understand the Trinity automatically. What it means is there's a level of, it's it's literally just not being dumb. It's literally just not being an unwise, foolish person at some point to just say, you know what? I'm not just going to say, oh, three is one, but that's just math. It has to be wrong. Probably, probably this has been very carefully stared at and that's comforting to me because it's something I can, it's something I can consider and know that I'm not alone. Uh, It's a pile of, uh, uh, of considerers that I'm a part of. Uh, And and when I approach it that way, you know, a, I know that I need the help when I realize my own adriftness and my own confusion, I'm just a dude, I need help. And what tradition comes along and does is provides that not not in an infallible way but it provides some very it's just help (laughs) it's just yeah you know if you're if you're a a random dude walking in the desert and you discover a community they're not infallible people (laughs) maybe but it's neighbors it's people who help (laughs) and i think that one of the ways that you can sort of test if tradition is a reliable help for lonely souls asking themselves the big questions of what it means to be here on this planet, as you said, hurtling through space, uh, is the the um, anomalies to the tradition always cause a controversy. Now, that's good because there are parts of tradition that need to be refined or broken off or reformulated or however you figure out what to do moving forward in your context, in your particular historical context. But it is a guide insofar as it provides the foil through which error is then addressed. So if we, you know, are articulating the Trinity, just to keep with your example, and you get someone that comes along that questions the deity of Christ, the reason that all the ecclesial fathers go, huh? And sort of look and go, hey guys, we need to bring in everyone and have a big talk about this. That move in itself tells us that the whatever the tradition is on this particular topic, it has said these things. And when somebody challenges that, when somebody offers an alternative to that traditional take, that causes all of the people thinking together by themselves and in collections of communities and churches and societies, they come together to look at the aberration and go, okay, let us allow that person to say what they want to say, but we're going to defend what the tradition has historically said. And then it really is, what is the the best idea wins? Jordan Peterson's an interesting example of this, actually. He has been on uh, a life project of just thinking about what it means to be here. And he looks at Christianity um, psychologically. But one thing he says is Christianity, in his opinion, is just uh, 
a thousand year, thousands of year long conversation about the human ideal. What is the ideal thing that us people with these minds living on this planet are trying to achieve? Uh, and that matters morally, philosophically, metaphysically, all the things that it means to be a human. What, in his opinion, Christianity offers is entrance into a conversation that has been going on for a very, very, very long time about the highest ideal that these things called humans can come up with. And I think that's an honest way to look at tradition. Um, and honestly, that's what you and I are doing. You know, in a large way, that's what this podcast is really about. Yeah. Because what do we know? Right. Uh, I, <laughs> Don't listen I, to us, guys. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I mean, you and I have to sit down and God has blessed us with very wise men that are part of our lives. But yeah. we have to sit down and talk to people about the Trinity and about Jesus and about creation. And we can't know all the things. What we can do, though, is say, I find myself at this point in history with the collected body of wisdom that has been yeah. bequeathed to me by my ancestors. Let me just adopt that grammar and then the conversation can actually move yeah. towards or even, a helpful or way. even maybe a, another way of uh, or uh, a slightly different way of saying that is maybe let me just defer to that grammar because one of the things i can right. do often is like i can go through you know take you know I, I go to a church where we adopt the westminster confession i love the westminster confession i, I think the more i read it it's quite an amazing document Nevertheless, like I'm not equally certain of each item in the Westminster Confession. That's just not true. That doesn't mean I deny any article in the Westminster Confession. It's just there's some things that I don't have immediate awareness, biblical, philosophical knowledge of. And so I might look at that part and say, sounds good, but what do I know? But what right. I can do in that point is say, nevertheless, this collection of men a trustworthy collection of men where I do understand their leadership. It's very good. Every now and again, occasionally, maybe, you know, I mean, you know, what, 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 who, again, let's, let's go back to who am I, but now we're going right. to slip back over here every now and again, I look at the Westminster divines. I'm like, well, you could have said it this way, but it's like, right. it's, that's rarer than not. Um, uh, 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 nevertheless, even if it's not like I want to claim to others, if I'm teaching something, for instance, I sometimes don't find myself claiming, here's my view. I, you know, I have certainty of X, and so therefore I'm teaching X. I don't pretend to have certainty over it. But what I will say is, here is the church's grammar about this question. And it seems to me they have very good reasons for this. Here's where I just don't know, you know, so I can, sure. we can be honest. Here's here's gaps in my knowledge and maybe there's maybe they understood that and i just don't know the the conversation enough which happens all the time because most of us don't know the tradition that well right. um and i think that what distinguishes again i think the some of these other approaches to tradition to to i'll call this the protestant approach to tradition but again i think one could almost call it the human approach to tradition uh, you know it's not a problem that it's not infallible. Like that shouldn't even cause you anxiety, right? It's yeah. like uh, if you study physics, uh, you study physicists who came before you. Why? 
because it helps. (laughs) Nobody does physics without studying other physicists. Nobody studies Christianity. Like it's insane to study theology or the scriptures without thinking not just that other people have said things and, and maybe I even misunderstand them when I think it sounds dumb. That's normally the case. You do not yes. understand them. Uh, but also, um, you know, I think as Christians, we also have good reason to think that the Holy Spirit's been active in his church through his word and in their wisdom. And so you've received a bunch of wisdom. Nevertheless, and I think this is crucial for us and maybe something we should camp on, In a way, the biggest way to honor tradition is to recognize that it all comes from people being exactly where we are. Tradition, the benefit, the preciousness of tradition is precisely that at some point, a human being stood in a confusing world uh, where an answer was not very clear and used reason and scripture and wisdom and all of the tools to say something that won the day because it has been time tested over and over again. And one of the things that's happening, I think, in our context with the notion of tradition that we have to be very much on the watch for uh, is that tradition winds up becoming this kind of it becomes an escape hatch from modernity. Here we all are confused. Let's do our great books programs and recover the classical this and the classical that. And it just becomes a kind of self-contained program unto itself that is a whole alternative to the modern world. And at that point, it becomes a cult. And the irony is that at that point, it doesn't even become what tradition is. That's right. It is to be your father's is to stand on the raft a little bit and it is to receive all their wisdom but you honor your father in two ways we honor our fathers when we listen to the wisdom that they've given to us and we take it seriously but the the way you most honor your father is by you know we both have 14 year old sons uh the way the, the thing that our sons we both feel honored when our sons listen to us mm-hmm. <laughs> But the greatest honor that Dale Stenberg or Joseph Minnick will ever feel is if our sons exceed us. It's if our sons take our wisdom and they become greater men with greater repentance and greater whatever than we were ever able to accomplish. And that's this is Lewis's distinction, I think, between looking at the tradition and seeing with the tradition. We want to see with the tradition as our aid and help. It is not that the tradition itself is our thing that's not the thing yeah it's yeah god yeah yeah and i think that's an important point and we should camp there for a second um because here's what i noticed then this again this is just an observation a lot of people that rail about tradition uh it is an escape hatch for an intellectually curious mind Uh, Or it's an escape hatch out of intellectual curiosity because we can imagine different alternatives to the tradition um, doesn't mean we should feel like we're drifting away from the raft. That's okay. And actually, that is part of the tradition. So Mm -hmm. here's what I'm trying to say. It's not enough to say X is my tradition. I defer to that uncritically. That is actually the opposite of standing, at least in the tradition that you and I are in. That's the opposite of standing in the tradition. 
the traditional uh, approach towards, let's say, doctrine or understanding mm. the cosmos or just understanding ourselves and what we are is to uh, um, adopt a way to discursively reason about what we're experiencing, our senses, everything that we see, everything that we encounter, all the thoughts that we have, have come from us almost by osmosis where you're at geographically. And again, there are more traditions than our tradition. And we should talk about when you get rid of a tradition. For example, if you are born into a tradition of cannibalism, it would not be okay to continue the tradition of cannibalism right. for the sake of the tradition. Right. Um, but I think that where we're at, what we can say is, okay, here's where, here's what have, has been said up to this point. I don't want to just say, I want to say what has been said up to this point for the sake of being in the tradition. But I want to say, why have they said that up to this point? And then I can begin to reason through why these right. things have an interconnectedness that have built cathedrals. And you know, when I was flying into Texas one time, I told you after I get off the plane, I think it was like 630. The sun was just going down. All the lights were on in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth Airport. And I remember just thinking, I can't believe we've done this. Like, I can't believe us little tiny humans have created this huge connected infrastructure yeah. that we just like dwell in and we take for granted. Right. It's, it's, it's wild. So it's not enough to just defer to tradition because that's your tradition. You really do have to adopt the intellectual imagination and then the build up the muscle of reason that goes into justifying the bits of tradition that you understand first yeah and at least then, in as much as you're claiming an intellectual project at least yes. in as much as you're claiming understanding it's fine you know as lewis says hey if you want <coughs> uh, for lack of a better phrase if you want to take the, the the kind of simple route which is just defer to the sages that's normal. That's, that's, yeah. you know, there, there's, there can, but you need to know that's what you're doing. Uh, uh, you, you know, and, and I think that, um, you know, I, when we talk about this, I, I always go back in my head to the theme of repentance. It's interesting to me to think of Protestantism mm -hmm. and the Protestant relationship to tradition as a kind of internalization of Jesus command to repent. Repent. It's interesting. The first way, the first, message that you get from Jesus and you think I wonder how comprehensive this is when the gospels want to put a word on Jesus's mouth that summarizes all the things repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand repent yeah. for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and as i start to think like does that echo does that command repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand does it does it extend out from my individual life to my family to my community to my nation to my church to my church in a geographical region to the global church to the church yeah. throughout time and one way to look at a christian relationship to tradition and you brought up a great example is that we we have all of course it's wise to defer to your fathers of course you shouldn't just say obviously the trinity is stupid you should you should try to learn what is it that caused people to make these judgments because they've been made over and over again that's actually just the wise non-dumb thing to do oh, yeah. um but we are also repenters 
we are also in the tradition, in the way of repentance. And in fact, this is the Christian tradition itself, to receive the Christian of tradition, to receive the Christian tradition is to receive precisely that tradition, which is animated by the way of repentance. It is quite literally built into the project that yeah. what we are doing is going back to the scriptures, going back to reason, going back to the human, going back to the person and enriching all of that grammar and understanding such that Lewis, you know, when Lewis talks, we've said this on the podcast before, when Lewis talks about the Tao, Yep. which some people take to be straight up natural law, right? <clears throat> Lewis recognizes that we uh, we inhabit the Tao in a historical condition. So we don't just have the Bible downloaded and its truth into our consciousness. We, we confront it directly through prayer and all that sort of thing, but we also have tradition and it's all mixed how we actually receive things. Um, yep. What Lewis wants to argue is that the Tao itself does change in accordance, again, for him, with the deeper axioms of the Tao. There are certain, you know, we might call them the deepest axioms in the tradition that there's no reason to expect will ever change. Repentance, the way of repentance, for instance. And that is the deeper animating thread that actually, as Lewis would put it, authorizes and even demands the change. That's precisely right. because we hold on to this, this change is demanded. And what the kind of Jacobin take does is say, burn the whole thing down and start from scratch. That's also stupid, but not because it's trying to repent. Uh, it's actually because yeah. it, it looks like it's a parody of repentance rather than the real thing. Yeah. 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 I think that's right. <clears throat> um, and it really is like, if you think about a single life, that's a microcosm of what a tradition is, right? So let's just talk very practically. Yeah. My wife and I had had a son. And when he was little, we were teaching him what to do, right? Like, oh, you have to be quiet when we're in the movie theater. Oh, when we pray, you have to close your eyes and bow your head, little boy that doesn't know anything. Uh, when we go into the public, we don't we don't scream and shout and, and throw up and have a bad attitude because that's not so socially uh, um, tolerated on a large scale. Sure, you're going to put up with the kid throwing a fit in, in the supermarket, uh, but we look at that and it's like that shouldn't happen. Um, so you, you begin to pass on whatever you know. And unintentionally, or maybe not unintentionally, but it's not like I thought, maybe you did, maybe some parents have. We had children when we were young, Twenty, I was 21 years old when Dale was born. And it wasn't like I'm going, okay, here's my game plan. I have to pass on this thing, this thing, this thing, and this thing for him to grow up to be this thing. Right. It was just like responding to him when he was little. And then as they develop, as they mature, and they're becoming creative and they're becoming self learners and they're becoming articulate and they're starting right. to imagine things about the world. Now they rely back on what they had in their infancy and the foundation, even if it gets covered up with sand, it's still holding up the whole structure of thought for them. So they're not consciously going back to when mom and dad told them something when they were two, three, four years old, you know, some things they might, they just are that way. Yeah. And and I think that this is what happens with civilizations. I think that yep. civilizations from the time where we all came together at creation, when when God brought men together, men and women together to start doing this thing, um, 
this is just the way that we have matured. So it's okay to look back at the infancy of our tradition and say, well, that was kind of getting at something that's correct. But now after centuries and centuries and centuries of development, we can, not that we are arrogant because it's not like they knew less than we did back then right. intellectually. It's just that we can see how some errors were made back then. And what that should do instead of arrogance or uh, pride is it should cause a deep, deep, deep sense of humility. Because in a lot of ways, we are still infants and we are making mistakes and we are perverting things. And when yes. people come to examine our contribution to this tradition, if the Lord tarries 10,000 years from now, then God help us all underneath that <laughs> microscope. <laughs> Be nice uh, to your parents, people, because your kids yes. are going to evaluate you next. You know? Yes, yes. And your great, 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 great yes, grandkids. That's will. right. That's right. That's right. So. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's all excellent. I, I like the way you you're talking about. It's almost like the the kind of the ground zero of tradition. I think you're right. It, it, its most basic uh, texture is just an ordinary life. You know, civilization really is one might a language, literally language, just is the passing on of a certain mental and practical habit that you distribute through the human race. Uh, and when we're talking about the tradition, we're talking about a certain theological, cultural sort of sort of reading of the whole. You know, we're talking about big, big idea interpretations of the whole of history and existence and the meaning of, you know, this, this human story. You know, yeah. myths on the one hand, the true myth, we would say, Jesus and the Christian tradition, intellectual tradition coming out of that, you know, on the other. Uh, 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 but right, and I think that clarifies, perhaps, again, it, it's helpful to, to remove this from the, you know, just the Catholic Protestant debate and just look at this as, as humans. I think yes. that helps us, helps us say, A, you just are swimming in a sea of traditions, always. The idea that a human being could not be swimming in a sea, the very language you speak, the basic interpretations of the world, your mental habits, mental habits you don't even know anybody could have different, have all been given to you and trained into you. And that's just what it means to be alive. God made it that way. God designed your life, all of our lives, to be the kind of lives that are dependent upon a tradition, a thick yeah. set of traditions in that sense. But then this gets back to this question you asked, uh, you give this example of cannibalism. Once we look at it that way, of course, well, we better have something that helps us figure out when we got it wrong. We yes. are all in a tradition. We all receive benefits from tradition. And yet whole peoples can have it wrong. And this is where go back to that command of Jesus and repentance. It seems to me like one of the helps is just to say that command pings everywhere. It can go to your individual life and say, hey, your dad taught you X about how to relate to women. He taught you to objectify women or to whatever. Uh, I'm not saying your dad did. I'm just saying right. the, 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 the vague dad. We all know uh, you're talking about my dad. Yeah, we're talking Thanks. about Mr. Stenberg. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. don't, don't tell him. Don't, don't, don't show right. him this. Uh, uh, but, uh, uh, but right, it, it, it's like we do need to have that eyeball on. Have I inherited something that 
a righteous person should say, and this is what the Bible's for. The Bible yes. is this big, it's all. And I think the other thing to say there is the Bible both, ha, the Bible comes to us historically. It's received historically through a collection of interpretations, but it also has a very, just like God himself, <laughs> we relate to God as a historical people. We receive a relationship to God in a certain way. We fold our hands when we pray, mm. uh, but there's an apocalyptic dimension to scripture and to God as well, that God and scripture in our lives and really just of reality are always intruding right here, right now in a fresh and contemporary way. And I think the way of repentance is to sit as just a humble person before God and to let all of the light of truth, whether it be via tradition, through scripture, through conscience, through history, through the wise counselor, with an understood hierarchy of which of those matter more, I think, yes. obviously. Yes. So the Protestant's going to say scripture is the norming norm, obviously. Uh, and I think, you know, functionally, all traditions have to wind up treating it that way in some way, if yeah. we're being Christians, even if, yeah, you you get what I'm saying there. Functionally, yeah. at least we have to do that. Um, yeah, we have to, well, there's a very long-winded way of just getting, excuse me, a very long-winded way of just getting at the question of how to correct traditions is really something that arises just from being a human. That it can't be a judgment on one's relationship to, to the notion of tradition, the goodness of tradition, that traditions need to be corrected. Uh, traditions just are, and they just do need to be corrected. And so yeah. really what we should be asking is, what does that mean? And it seems to me that Christ's repent <laughs> for the kingdom of God is at hand uh, yes. is a good start at giving us a way of thinking through what that correction might look like. Yeah. And I really do think, I really do think that your the sense of your own mortality i mean if we're being honest and we're trying to look at tradition not just for the sake of quote unquote understanding or being traditional um right. but for the sake of really trying to figure out what it means to be a human uh then what you have to do i think well what we all do which i think is uh one of the starting points for understanding tradition in a genuine way not just in a weird modern social media here's a here's a quote from somebody in my tradition that aligns with my political whatever is to look at the end of your life and to stare squarely at the fact that you know what joseph and dale you and i are gonna die uh, and it's going to be sooner rather than later. Death Thanks, comes quickly. Dale. You're welcome. You are but a <laughs> mist, brother. <laughs> it's, and true, I am, it's true. And I am but a mist. And yes. yes, that's right. And if you're trying to be honest about what you should think about and what you should do with your life, then the genuine curiosity of the tradition that you are just born into. Um, becomes much more significant. It becomes much more uh, honest. Um, and now it's not a tool in the hand of a an ideologue that bashes people over the head. It really is approached with 
humility and understanding with a heart full of forgiveness and just and and it does you do reframe yourself as just crawling along <laughs> and all i'm trying to do is figure out how to do the next thing and i rely on things that i don't even know i rely on and this is again me just basically trying to say um yes tradition is important we are people of tradition, whether we like it or not. But when you start to understand, if you care enough about your tradition to, to look at it at, for what it is, let it be done for real reasons. Don't be an ideologue with your tradition. Don't look for a totalizing system found in a tradition through which you can bring to bear on your enemy's heads the collective weight of the fathers to own whoever you want to own. Yeah, that is that's not a healthy way to do this. And I think that both uh, whatever you want to call it, whether it be political or religious or whatever, if there are opposing sides that are both appealing to the same tradition, make sure that what we're doing is honest with an eye towards your own death and how important it is to get it figured out now. Um, so don't be a jerk with your tradition, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's yeah. much bigger than you. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's fascinating that when you treat tradition that way, it regurgitates you and spits you out of its mouth. Yeah. <laughs> the good one, and, I'll, and here's what I mean by that. It doesn't actually make you certain of anything. Here's what's going to happen. If you feel adrift in modernity and you read the biblical criticism and all the critiques of God and all the things, and then you say, well, I'm going to go sit here under tradition and this is my safe haven. It's not, it doesn't work. I mean, maybe it does by a happy inconsistency in your existential state, but there mm. are plenty of people that take that route and they, and it just is another stopping point on the way to total skepticism. Oh, well, yes. I can't be certain if I'm a Protestant, better become a Roman Catholic. Turns out I'm not certain as a Roman Catholic either because hashtag the Pope say different things. The, you know, you know, you know, speaking ex cathedra happens so rarely there's internal disputes within the church. And honestly, uh, uh, and honestly, I still have questions that I don't understand the solution to. You're just a dude still. And I've yeah. seen people go all the way to, you know, something, you know, to, to full skepticism or agnosticism by, by, by taking this move. Uh, and, and right, I, I think the tradition, it's most helpful precisely when you just accept that you're adrift. It's not a solution to being adrift to be alive <laughs> to some extent, and especially to be alive in a con the kind of context we're in, I think, which is historically unusual in some ways with the, with the, the panoply, the, the, the smorgasbord of swirling motifs and ideas, even internal to our individual churches. That's yes. confusing to be in. It's just confusing to be in. Uh, and part of, I think, what our calling is, is to grow up within that. You you and I both watched the movie Dune recently. Yeah. And there's this wonderful scene where Paul is is in the storm, uh, mm -hmm. in, the, in the, the, the big storm that's coming, and he's in that little weird copter sort of thing. Yeah. And he realizes what he needs to do is sort of turn the copter off and just let the, st let the storm be. 
actually just sit in the storm without fear and he does his whole fear is the fear mantra thing uh, yes. that's his tradition he goes back to the tradition but mm. it's but it's a thing that helps him in the midst of absolute uncertainty about where i'm about to land i actually don't know where this thing is about to land uh and i thought yes. it was such a beautiful thing the storm actually in god's providence uh, well, well I, I, now I'm now I'm reading into it. I guess they are <laughs> right. monotheists, so even internal to the Dune world, we can speak about God's providence, yes. Herbert's providence. In Herbert's yes. providence, uh, the, uh, the, the 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 storm actually shoves him to clarity, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and not against the. You know, but uh, I, I, I'm only using a metaphor there. But the point is, is actually I think you're you're missing. Uh, you're missing something spiritually relieving. I'll put it that way, perhaps. You're missing a fresh drink of water Hmm. if you're attempting to simply get out of feeling adrift rather than to say, maybe I can just be adrift or on a pilgrimage, as it were. We we like that metaphor around here. Uh, And then I can look at, then the tradition is just this big old help then I open the Bible and this guy named Jesus talks and it is world shatteringly clarifying yes. because what do I know? Nice. Uh, and, and actually the more speak to speaking for myself, I guess, at this point, the more I think that I've taken that approach to, to, to feeling that kind of intellectual or tradition adrift, What's amazing is, again, the tradition becomes far, the reverence I have for the tradition, precisely by not treating it that way, is huge. And all the claims of the faith seem so much more persuasive right now than they did 10 years ago, because I don't have to just hold on to them by will. I, I, I defer to them and I trust God in them, but then I can take all the things, ask all the questions and just let let it fall where it does and it turns out i think it's real dale <laughs> yes that's the no, that's, it's relieving it's just it's years of relief upon relief upon relief because god really can be banked upon <laughs> yes you can jump into the abyss a little bit yes, and bank indeed. that his hand is there to hold you it's a person yes. and i think what we're getting at behind all of that sorry i'll stop after this really is that at the end of the day, it is never less than trust in a person. The yeah. tra- you're always in life. God has always postured you to have to jump into the abyss a little bit and, 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 and cry out all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved mm-hmm. and fall into the hands of a person. That's always, always what is going to be happening at some point. Yep. And that makes, I I really appreciate the point you just made because I feel like I'm there too. Uh, I'm 37. And when I read the scriptures, as I get older. Just wait till you get to be 39, Dale. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It really does take on a deeper significance and it becomes much more attractive because Mm. it hits all of the different layers of you. Where, you know, when you're in Sunday school class and you're 12, 13, 14 years old and you're doing the catechism or you're memorizing John 3, 16 or you're singing Amazing Grace or whatever, you are being um, you are being uh, inducted into the tradition. But once you're inside of it and you look back and you be and you become more self-aware of who you are as you get older 
then you realize that when Jesus opens his mouth after sitting on the side of a hill and says, blessed are the lowly in spirit, for they shall inherit the world. You're just like, <laughs> I'm the lonely in spirit. Uh, and, and it really does become much more precious. It becomes much more rich and valuable, and it cashes out in more meaningful ways. Life becomes uh, um, pleasant to be in. The, the adriftedness mm. feels uh, like you can be secure because you can now actually trust these things you were introduced with when you were young. And that's just what tradition does, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for, for whatever else that we would say about caution in abusing tradition, I think the primary thing that I'd want to say about abusing tradition is you really miss the beauty of what your tradition is telling you if you abuse it. You really don't appreciate the deep, deep mm. textures of your tradition and what that means for you all the way down. Yeah. And when you come to appreciate that, you, 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 your, your attachment to it is not instrumentalizing, uh, and you don't have to be an ideologue. You appreciate mm. it for what it is doing for you as an image bearer of God in his world yeah and that the the, the kind of irony is is just i mean like people talk about this right that like finding our identity as sort of incubators of a collection of ideas like i, I don't think yeah. we i don't think we fully grasp the extent to which it's so modern this is the irony it's very non-traditional to be a human being thinking who am i i am the believer in this collection of things that is not a way most human beings have thought about how to think about themselves or others. A Christian meant a thicker set of associations than just a, a sort of system, an intellectual yeah. system. Uh, and what's so fascinating is to the extent that whether Catholic, Protestant, Anglo-Catholic, Lutheran, atheist, it doesn't matter, Darwinist, it doesn't matter, to the extent that the way that we think about the world is, I am, and then you know, insert worldview labels, and that person over there is insert Marxist, and then everything right. else about them takes that back seat. That's an incredibly modern, very non-traditional, and very unwise way to be a human and to interpret yes. your life, to interpret yourself, and to interpret others, to interpret problems, and therefore to interpret solutions. At the mm. end of the day, what happens, I think, as we grow up, and this is the same thing happening to you and me right now, in, in, in the age we're in, actually, one of the things that occurs more and more is you, if you're if you're in an extended family, uh, is that there's sort of the patriarch maybe of your extended family, but as you become in your forties and such, you take on uh, you take on a slightly more prominent role. You take on a more prominent role in your own home. And I think this happens relative to our relationship to tradition as well. Uh, there's a stage at which the tradition is a collection of fathers talking to us. But then I think there's a stage at which tradition is our collection of brothers talking to us. Mm. And you evaluate it just like you and I evaluate each other. 
When I have problems, what do I do? I go to Dale because I want to know what Dale says and I need Dale's advice. But that doesn't mean like I can never say that's the dumbest thing I ever heard, Dale. Right. Uh, like it's okay to disagree with Dale. Uh, yes. <laughs> and now it's yes. harder. Now, don't disagree with Nicaea as easily as you do with Dale. <laughs> yes. Dale. But there is a point at which these are my brothers, but I still need my, they're good brothers. That doesn't mean my brothers can't mislead me. That doesn't mean we don't need to repent at this level or that level. Maybe that's true. That's just being a human. That's being Protestant. That's not having arrived at the beatific vision yet. Yeah. And the story's being redeemed and that's all okay uh, in, yes. in the larger sense of okay there. But I, I think that's maybe one way of saying what we're after is that a healthy relationship to tradition for a human who is really wanting to ask the big questions and to arrive as close as they can through their life to big answers, because we never fully arrive, mm -hmm. but as much as we can approximate big answers, what you're going to wind up doing is looking at the tradition as the brothers around you that you just go to because you need the advice of your brothers to think through the things. That's And I think that's where we wind up. And that's freeing. And it works. <laughs> yes, yes, and it's yes. beautiful. And I think it's the way God designed it, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think you're right, Joe. That is that's a great way to say it, brother. Thank you for the thought. Um, and you know, yeah, and relationships are also important. You're talking about brotherhood. Um, and I think it's so important because you could get you could embed yourself into a society of brothers uh that actually pull you away from your from your tradition while simultaneously telling you that's where they're taking you um so it's good to have a diversity of of counselors in your circles here's what i think ping that off of this guy over here who's sympathetic that way this guy over here who's sympathetic that way and then try to synthesize and really, this is um, what I think we're talking about the whole time. You know, we're talking about tradition. Uh, I mentioned Jordan Peterson earlier, um, but Joseph Campbell would say uh, this is the monomyth, right? Like there's something to be said about, let's say I go over here to my Marxist buddy and I ask him about the use of capital and I go over here to my capitalist buddy and I ask him about the use of capital. What I think will emerge is people are typically talking in the same way about things the phenomenon of modernity really in this context but they're using different words and they have different emphases but the degree to which the the ideas are separated is not a chasm that i think that we've made it right. people are people and they talk about things the way they talk about things and they can't escape what the tradition is that we're all existing in right now, as much as they try, as hard as they try to escape it, they just can't. So right. what will end up happening is people are typically singing along the same, they're, they're reading similar music, but they all have different pitches and tones. And sometimes those are distortions, yeah. but really, you know, I just to, and then I'll wrap it up. Uh, but we really are all in this together. Yeah. Uh, and you will not, and you will not be harmed uh, by stepping outside of your comfortable, narrow sort of community to seek the opinions of those people that we sort of say, oh, well, he's this thing, therefore worldview X, and I can't do that. 
and you will be helped in your understanding of tradition the more that you can with self-control and humility move around inside of this space your understanding and appreciation of your tradition will become crystallized i believe at least yeah. that's how it's functioned for I me i think this is i think this is really it gets back to a very ancient way of I think an ancient way of describing understanding, you know, the Bible talks about having our senses trained to discern good and evil and to test the spirits. Mm. Um, uh, one of the ways one could describe what it's like to be alive mentally is that, is that when you encounter, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but when you encounter phenomena, situations, moral situations, intellectual situations, the world presents itself as a sort of collection of options to you. You know, it's like, here's a question. My mind immediately thinks, here are the three potential solutions. There might be 40 potential solutions, but I only know three of them. And then maybe in this moral situation, only three potential solutions. That's what presents. The, the, the one ancient way of looking at that is, is like, that's just what it's like to be alive. How do I discern, you know, this is where the proverbial devil and the angel on the shoulder come from. Which one is the devil and which one is the angel? Which, which option is summoning me toward the good and which one is summoning me toward the darkness? And what you need built up inside of you to discern that is the logos. To have the logos inside of you is to be the wise person progressively who can discern, yeah. <laughs> test the spirits, who can discern between the good and the evil in front of them in that kind of collection of natural options that seem available. Uh, and it's not always easy to discern. And I think it, it really is being the wise person. And I, I think this is gets back to a part of the reason what you're saying makes sense is because we don't trust capitalism. We don't trust Marxism. We trust persons. At yeah. the, what it means to surround yourself with wise counselors is not to surround yourself with perfectly consistent men with perfect ideas. Otherwise, there would be no counselors in this world. That's it's right. to surround yourself with people who in some way are wise in their own way. And to somehow juice that wisdom, juice this wisdom, juice that wisdom, so that you can move toward, as you put it, sort of a synthesis of wisdom, primarily, of course, in conversation with God himself, Yes. through prayer and through his word <laughs> yes and then yes. and then secondarily you know the the christian tradition for us rightly so uh which is born fruit and proven itself i think and then and then and then outside of that uh, you know this other host of counselors yeah yes yeah so um as we're sort of wrapping up here brother so if you could say think about it like this if you were to tell your son here is the most important thing you should walk away from this if if sam was sitting in the room next to the two of us while we were having this conversation at your house and oftentimes sam is there yeah uh then when when he walks away from this conversation what do you think is the most important thing that you and i are trying to communicate th through a conversation on tradition what do you think that the most important element of this conversation is and yeah, how should we walk away from that's this? A, that's a good question because when we're talking about, you know, my son, Sam, he's 14, like he's not worried about Roman Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy. That's not the right. register. So f for him, 
you know, I think what I would want to say is it is a wise man, a wise person comes to increasing grips with just how small they are and how hard it is. It really is hard to be fully certain and to, and to know with godlike shining beams of knowledge. Yes. For the wise people recognize ultimately Socrates, right? Literally recognize my people perish. That's you know, I'm quoting Bible now, but my people perish for lack of knowledge. We're all in the dark. We're groping around. And first of all, the Bible is the light and the dark. Jesus himself and the scriptures are the light and the darkness. But the, the tradition, you know, when we're talking about the high intellectual human tradition, there's a bunch of people there that are a lot smarter than any of us over and over again in different contexts. And this has been pooled through and analyzed and consolidated. And it's just, if you're really asking these questions, it's just very helpful. And what you should know is if you're ever asking any of this, you should never develop this, this meme in our civilization that says, well, that obviously the biggest way to look at this pile of things we call tradition is with skepticism. Yes. It is not wrong. It is not wrong to have a, to look for ways in which we need to repent. But the first move, and this is where we mostly falter, Absolutely, this is where we mostly falter. When we read ancient people on gender, when we read them on anything, we we think we've understood them. We think that we've given the sympathetic ear and that we know what's really going on here. And we interpretively reduce them in, in almost pathologically insane ways, in ways that uh, in, in ways that a twelve-year-old talks about institutions or something like that. Yes, it, it's so. Sorry, it's just dumb. Yeah. That's a dumb way to think about what a whole civilization has been doing, and it's so dangerous. And it's so un, And I think Jordan Peterson says this as well. It's also just so incredibly ungrateful. It's yes. profoundly dangerous to have that mentality writ large. And it's extremely ungrateful that you're literally sitting before this inheritance for you that is your help. And you're smacking it away because somebody persuaded you that you just need to write, you need to put a, a sticker with a big marker that says patriarchy on it and slap it on that thing and move your merry way along. That's actually just stupid. And I don't mean that to be mean. I mean, you should be embarrassed of that. It's very dangerous. And it's really, yeah, yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah. That's what I'd want yes. Sam to walk away with. But go be, free. you're a free soul before God and ask all the questions you want. Amen. And just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, amen. Good word, brother. How about Good you? Word. What would you say? <laughs> I would, uh, I think I would say something similar. Um, I would say that the, 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 what you're going through, young man, uh, and this is really advice to myself that I just give to my son so I sound like the wise sage father so he'll yeah. just trust me more, uh, is that you really, your whole life, what you're going to do is learn about what it means to step inside of the inheritance of human achievement. And if that's what it means to mature, then you need to understand what the inheritance is and you need to understand 
what the human achievement is. What are you inheriting in terms of the human achievement? So respect it. Uh, look at it as something that deserves your careful attention, if we're talking about tradition, something that uh, deserves your careful attention and your respect and your uh and that implies that you must be humble before it um don't find yourself yeah. as a cocky young man coming up in the world thinking that you are going to reinvent the wheel and change civilization and these stupid old guys that came before me that wrote dusty books don't know what it's like to be me man everyone knows what it's like to be alive in this world some to greater degrees and some to less but they have left us artifacts. They have left us their reflections on what it means to be alive. And only a fool, I think, would uh, sort of dismissively wag their hand at that that um, that human achievement and not respect it. So any respect more, it. Yeah, any more than we would do that with people. We, you know, yes. if somebody did that with just other people's perspectives. Yeah, and really, all the vices we're talking about are vices that you you have toward people it's that level yep. of dismissiveness that interpretive reduction yeah yep. yeah anything else yeah all right okay guys well uh as always you can head over to davenantinstitute.org uh to check out our other episodes on the youtube channel you can check us out on itunes and any other podcast catcher uh but uh joe i love you brother love you too man until next time see ya